When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's going on, people? We're back again, Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, another episode, episode 47. Of course, this is Eugene on the mic. You can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Genes, that's G N E S. Also follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And of course, I got my other homie with me, Ike. How you doing today? And you can follow him at just underscore Ike09 on Twitter. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. But how about you? Um, for the people that don't know, uh, we do record these on Tuesdays, but Tuesday is a very special day. So what, <laughs> what's, what's today? What's today? What's today, Gene? Uh, today is my birthday, man. Happy 46th birthday. Nah, to my boy man. Gene. Chill, 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 chill. You Happy too birthday, years. buddy. <laughs> I'm not 46 yet, man. <laughs> Nowhere close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh those of you that haven't seen Gene, he, he looks like he's like 25. Like on, he's he's been 25 for like 10 years. Come he on, doesn't man. age at all. He does not age at all. So um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good day. It's a really, really good day. Um, just uh, ready to talk some ball. And ready to continue, ready to continue to get uh, healed up on this uh, Achilles. So uh, ready to rock, man. Yeah, I know you. You say you're getting your your cast taken off. I'm sure once it once they take that thing off, you're going to see none but green odors coming out from it because you'll be able to watch yeah, just, like the, just like the just like the cartoons with the green odors. <laughs> they're going to be wearing masks and they're going to say, "Oh my gosh, this is terrible." Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna wear a mask too because I don't want to smell that shit. Who's <laughs> like at oh, home man. washing the leg, washing the leg? That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, speaking of you know smelly shit, I know just recapping our prize picks plays. We both went zero and two. I mean, Tyree Kill and and Derrick Henry both both fell very very short. I I mean, I think Tyreek was short by six yards on my uh, receiving prop, and Henry was short with his. Uh, fantasy score prop by I think by like one point so you know a little bit of bad luck but I mean I, I think the process was 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 fine on both of my plays for sure but I know we'll, we'll be able to bounce back next week yeah uh I had Matt Ryan and I think he fell five and a half mm-hmm. six yards short mm-hmm. and that was a smash spot for him and he just he just could not get anything going he just kept throwing interceptions had errant throws I think at one point I was watching the game he was like five to seven for 17 yards and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. What is going on? What is going on in this game? And so I, I kind of had a feeling that it wouldn't get there. I mean, he came came pretty close. He had, I think, he had like one one uh, one possession uh, towards the end of the game, and I think they turned the ball over. But yeah, it, it sucks. And then I had Nico Collins over forty and a half. He was well on his way, but he hurt his groin. Uh, he only so he finished with thirty three yards. So that was just one of an uh, entire rash of injuries. And we'll go ahead and get into some of the quick reactions for Week Seven. There was it was a a, a freaking we, we need a we need a mash unit for all the injuries that we got in, in week seven. You know, DK DK Metcalf had a patellar injury. Um, on the on, on the other side, the Chargers, uh, JC Jackson had a patella patella tendon injury. He's out for the season. So uh, DK DK Metcalf got kind of lucky with his. Um, yeah, I don't know the specifics of the patellar injury, but they said that they don't know how long he's going to be out. And so uh, that that kind of remains to be seen. And also in that same game, Mike Williams, high ankle sprain. You know, I had, he he got bent bent backwards, um, pretty pretty nastily. Uh, I saw saw the play; it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty bad. I thought it could be a lot worse, but yeah, um, but yeah. And then obviously the biggest one, the one that we you know mo- most of the fantasy community is mourning still to this day. Brees Hall, torn ACL, out for the season that uh that that that's a that's a huge blow to a lot of squads this dynasty value is obviously going to take uh is, is going to plunge as well 
Um, I know I I know I acquired him in a seasonal league, a couple, you know, maybe several weeks ago. I tweeted this out and I traded it James Robinson for him straight up. And the ironic thing is that James Robinson's actually re- replacing him in New York while you know uh, Brees Hall's on you know on IR for the you know for the remainder of the year. And I don't have a running back now, so <laughs> in that league. So there, there you go. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a probably a lot more injuries, but those are the main ones that stuck out. I mean, obviously, and uh, also another high ankle sprain. Dave, David Njoku, uh, for the for the Browns, he's out two to five weeks. So that's another one. So anybody that you know runs to the waiver wire get Harrison Bryant. At least we know that he's the last man standing there in that uh in that tight end room, and he'll probably get um you know quite a few targets um for at least in the next month. So what are you? Th- thoughts on these injuries like it's just crazy yeah it is crazy man um i mean keen i know the mike williams injury kind of hurt the Chargers that game because also keenan didn't play the second half of that game uh because he want he didn't feel all the way 100 percent on that hammy i think he shouldn't have played either but he played at all yeah he shouldn't have played knowing that he wasn't 100 percent and they had the bye coming up but i mean it doesn't matter now they still lost <laughs> so um we got Brees Hall. That Brees Hall injury hurt. I know I had him in one of my leagues, and you know he was—I mean, he was going to be over a hundred yards in that game easily because you just saw him house the sixty-two yard touchdown and with ease. Yeah, with ease. And then when I saw him get tackled, it was just like I—I I knew it wasn't—it was not good at all. Um, he, people were kind of like, "Oh well," hopeful because he walked on him. Like, bro, I've seen too many people walk on torn ACL. That don't mean anything. People so. job. People jogged off the field on torn ACL. Like, yeah. Yeah, that didn't mean nothing. That means nothing. Um, uh, I know we saw Amaral. We thought it was a concussion. Why he didn't come back? Apparently, he didn't have a concussion. I think it's because of the new protocols. He couldn't come back in the game. So yeah, I know that kind of hurt people that started him and just saw him. He just grand opening, grand closing with one one catch for four yards. But um, you know, overall, I, I know I'm, there was a league uh, we saw one of our friends in. He pretty much his whole starting lineup was all everybody was out because of injuries that happened during the course of the game. So yep. I know fantasy is a it's a cruel, cruel sport, man, sometimes and these things happen. So you just gotta grind the waiver wire to, you know, try to pick up the pieces. Especially if you haven't used that much fab um this course of the year, this is the time to start using it because you know the injuries and the bye weeks are piling up like simultaneously. So yeah, I mean, if you're sitting on these if you're sitting on a a, a bunch of fab money uh, and you're in this predicament of the, you know, with injuries and, and a lot of bi-weeks coming up, you, it's, it's time to start paying up because you guess what? You, you can't take the fab with you, <laughs> especially for the season, <laughs> especially for the seasonal league. So just use it, use it. And, you know, the, and then, and then hope for the best, hope for the best. And speaking yeah. of the best, uh, we've, we had three running backs go absolutely bonkers uh, this Sunday, this past Sunday. And they were the the, the top three um, running backs overall. We had Austin Eckler, the RB one overall, finished you know twelve catches for ninety six yards, lots of checkdowns from Justin Herbert, and he's the biggest beneficiary of that over the last like I think three last three weeks. Just been just checkdown, checkdown after checkdown. Um, you know Justin Herbert. I don't know. We, we, we're seeing. I, I, I'm not sure what we're seeing from him, but he's he doesn't look like the same guy that we've you know we've come to know last couple of years so um that that's that's a conversation to be had at a later time but um kind of concerning there and then josh jacobs i know we had i I know we had a cap or no cap segment a couple weeks ago when uh when ray was on and we when when he first you know blew up the broncos um for that uh you know over 140 yards and a couple of touchdowns we thought it wasn't sustainable this you know even though he was getting the usage but he has not stopped scoring touchdowns and he has not stopped rushing for 140 plus yards (laughs) Each, each of these last three games, like he has gone yeah. on a tear, third straight 30-point game, finishes the RB2 overall. And then the third, uh, the guy we want to highlight really quick is Kenneth Walker, the rookie from the Seattle Seahawks. He is just tearing it up ever since he was inserted in the starting lineup. Uh, and to think he was actually the third string running back going into the season. Third string behind Rashad Penny and behind... I don't know if it was Travis Homer or DJ Dallas or whoever the second guy oh, was. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> behind both of them. He's probably RB4 on the depth chart before the season, which which makes no sense. And you you, you basically you basically had this. You had this in, in fourth string. <laughs> and he finished as RB3 overall. And you know what was funny is like I saw a picture on Twitter where um there was like a, a 
a great a great photo that was captured of him in the end zone and he was deucing to the uh, deucing to the crowd and there was some lady in the charger yep. jersey middle fingers up and yep. actually he actually changed that to his profile picture <laughs> yeah. on twitter so that, that was pretty dope that was pretty dope to see so yeah these running backs man they 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 you know for a for a brutal day of injuries like these were these were thing you know bright spots that kind of make you feel good yeah, uh, just to go back on Jacobs, Jacobs is is RB two the last what four weeks of the season, yeah. uh, and that's including the bye, man. Like like you say, he's been thirty point per each of those three games, um, and it's crazy because I had traded for him in one of these uh, dynasty leagues. I was just like, man, let me, I'm trying to go for it. I'm a contender, and I'm just like, he's gonna get a contract somewhere, so let me just go for it. Um, but it looked like it's paying off. I don't I don't know what. What kind of scheme that McDaniels has figured out, but it's, it's definitely working for sure. Uh, so it's it's good to see some of these running backs do some work. Uh, yep. Now let's talk about uh, the the very surprising news on Monday. I know people were buzzing about that Monday night football game, not because of the actual play itself beforehand, but the quarterback controversy that we heard hours before the game, where Mac Mac Jones might start, he might not play the full game. We'll see what happens. And then when we get to the game, he starts the game where he plays two series and then he gets subbed out. Three series and then he subbed out. I know you were pressing for uh for Zappy. Talk to me, man. I didn't I didn't watch much of the game. I, I saw a lot of people in the Discord talking about it. I didn't think I didn't think the game was gonna be entertaining. Um, but talk to me, man. Like what what do you what do you feel about this? Cause I know you're you're one of these Zappy guys. Yeah, it's not necessarily me being a zappy guy. I just saw, I saw a lot from him in the last, the, you know, the last game, the last couple of games that led me to believe that look, the Patriots' offense is just moving at a at a better clip than what they were moving when Zach Mac Jones was in there. But back, you know, just back to the game, you know, uh, you know, Mac Jones, he he was like I think three of five for like thirteen yards, and he threw the interception. But before that, he was he was scrambling a lot. He had I think he had like three rush attempts. And then on his last rush attempt, he slid and he kicked uh, Jaquan Brisker in the nuts. I saw like that. His yeah, leg, his, yeah. His leg kind of came up on the slide at the yeah. very end. And then literally, like a couple of plays later, he throws an interception uh, to, to 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 Brisker. Yeah. <laughs> he throws an interception to the same guy he kicked in the nuts. So it you know nothing was the same after that, and he was immediately taken out. He was yanked, and then the Patriots go on to you know Bailey Zappi comes in immediately two touchdown drives immediately uh and so that kind of you know kind of catapulted things but you know the bears they ended up just taking control of that game um but and then bill belichick was obviously doing his his classic bill belichick you know dancing around some of these questions with the media and like i said man those press conferences that he those post-game pressures that he has with the media after he loses are so hilarious because he gets so (laughs) he gets so sassy with the media and it's just it's it's so unintentionally funny it's so unintentionally funny, um, but but yeah, I mean, look, they they they've got they actually have a legit quarterback controversy on their hands because you know Bailey. I don't know Bailey Zappi made a couple of mistakes. He threw a brutal interception at the end of the game, uh, and then he had another interception that was tipped. Um, you know that was that was tipped off at the line of scrimmage into the you know into the arms of another Bears defender. So they both had their you know their shortcomings. So we'll see who starts. Who do you think is going to start on uh, in Week Eight against the Jets? Man, I think it should be Mac Jones. Honestly, I let me, I take that back. I did watch some more than half of the second half. From I mean, for me, like you could tell. I, I remember uh, Ray on the Wake Up Show, which made more, which made a lot of sense, is that the play calling changed when Zappy was in the was under the the under the helm compared to what Mac Jones. They ran a lot more play action passing. A lot of more shorter routes for Zappy, so he can get, get into a rhythm. And, and then, yeah, of course, he looked better when you're running running more more shorter routes. You're still running the ball a lot. You're not asking him to do too much. Um, and then you're running some schemes that were different that actually worked in his favor. So, I mean, I think Mac Jones is the better quarterback. He's a backup for a reason. Go back to go back to the guy that got to the playoffs last year, man. He isn't really giving you a a reason, just like a flat-out reason that this guy should be starting over Mac Jones. Mac Jones left his position because he got hurt. So, But he also, wasn't he, just, that, he also wasn't that good, though, before he left. 
That's Man, I, mean, call the, I think that's another reason why you know there's there's a lot of chatter about people wanting Bailey Zappi in there because he Mac Jones didn't look particularly great, but you you know you, you do make a good point about the play action. I think they schemed a lot of easier throws for for Zappi. I mean that's what you do. You kind of simplify. You kind of dumb down the playbook when you have a backup quarterback in there. You know, similar to what the Cowboys did with Cooper Rush. They just had more simpler throws. You know, less uh, you know less complex schemes. Although the Cowboys' offensive scheme isn't really complex at all. Usually pretty vanilla, but um, they they dumbed it down even more. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, to your point, I mean they you know made made things a little bit easier for Zappy, and he he was taking advantage. So uh, we'll see we'll see where it goes. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a toss up. It's a it's a pretty compelling case for both sides. You know, you got Jones who made the playoffs, and then you got Zappy who won won a game and looked pretty good for a portion of another. So pretty it's, pre, it's pretty fair to. Pretty fair to to speculate on that, but on the other side of that game, we had another quarterback that actually that that actually absolutely cooked in my boy Justin Fields, and you know that bold prediction I had at the very beginning of the season, top eight quarterback. It's it's alive and well. It's alive and well. He is the QB four over the last three games, back to back games with eighty plus rushing yards. You know uh, he's he's a lot more comfortable uh, throwing down the field over the last three weeks, and. If he's on your waiver wire, he should he should be one of your priorities because he is. I mean, he has a tough matchup this week against Dallas, but outside of that, man, like he is, I think he is primed to just con- continue to, to to grow in confidence. Um, you know, scheming scheming your you know your bet you know scheming your or basically tailing your offense around your 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 quarterback's skill set shouldn't shouldn't be a hard concept. Should not be a hard concept, but uh, you know these 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 offensive coordinators continue to do that, you know, week after week. But finally, you know, in the last couple of last couple of games, Justin Fields is looking like the the first round pick that we that we hope that he would look like. So, what do you, what what are your thoughts on Justin Fields? You know, you're not you you point everything out. They're scheming more runs for him. He's looking good. Um, you know, he's quarterback sixteen now. So, you know, keep scheming more runs for him is working. Is calming him down. For sure, and he's making plays to whoever's open. Honestly, yeah. not necessarily Darnell Mooney. It looks like still looks like his Saint Brown is his favorite target. So, um, but oh, yeah, I will he say, does lead the lead, he does lead the team in receiving yards. Yeah, he? Or, or he or I think he was prior to last week when uh, Darnell Mooney had that sixty-eight yard game. Yeah, but, yeah. He 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 likes Saint Brown. But just to double down on your point, yeah, don't play him against Dallas this week. Dallas is, allows the fourth fewest quarterback fantasy points per game so and the number two in defensive dvoa so uh they're (laughs) right behind buffalo (laughs) yeah don't do it best events in the league so but um just real quick we're going to talk about uh guess gus edwards i know a lot of people probably rushed to put him in their lineups we did see him score two touchdowns but i mean if you watch that game that backfield was a mess he's i mean he split carries with hill and drake um i believe if i remember the snaps correctly i think Gus Edwards only played 23 snaps. I think Hill and then Justice Hill played 20 and then Drake played 17. Luckily for Gus Edwards, almost every, I think about 80%, 75, 80% of the snaps that he played, he ran the ball. So, uh, I mean, there's some good there, but I wouldn't, I mean, I don't want to bet on, uh, on, on that type of efficiency in terms of, you know, 16 out of 23 snaps, you run the ball. So. And he, luckily, he was in there for those two touchdowns, winner in the red zone. So, uh, what are you qu- quick thoughts about that that backfield? Yeah, I mean, Gus Edwards looked really, really good. And um, you know, with J.K. Dobbins on IR, I think he's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of value moving forward since he's going to be the guy. And uh, I know Lamar Jackson has has kind of slumped over the last several games, and we'll kind of get to him a little bit later on. But Gus Edwards, like, he looks he looked really good out there. Looked a lot better than I thought he would. So I know he was. He also tore his ACL last year, and he was on the pup list. And I think people pretty much wrote him off. They wrote him off because he wasn't making, you know, making the progress that people would like for him to make. And so uh, this, I think, this Thursday they play against the Buccaneers and their run defense that got shredded by Carolina. <laughs> I, yeah, the, the league is week to week, man. You know, the Carolina Panthers again. They got their running game going after trading Christian McCaffrey. And so, um, who knows? Maybe Gus Edwards and the Ravens running game with Lamar Jackson can can get things going again, and maybe get this get this offense, uh, you know, get this offense reignited because they've been, you know, points have kind of been hard to come by over the last couple of games for them. We saw Christian McCaffrey get 
you know, used a little bit in the San Francisco Chiefs game. Uh, we didn't expect him to do too much, but I mean, he he played he played about uh, I think thirty percent of the snaps. He got ten touches, which which was the most in that backfield. So just just foreshadowing that he's going to be the guy. I mean, they spent a lot of draft capital on him, so nope. I you know Jeff Wilson is pretty much dead at this point. You can <laughs> you can drop Tevin Coleman if you thought you could. You thought he was going to be something to get rid of him. Elijah Moore, I know he's probably going to be back after the bye. So in a couple of weeks, I don't know. Elijah, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, not Elijah Moore. <laughs> uh, so, you know, C-Mac is the guy, man. And then lastly, DJ Moore, he's alive. PJ, PJ uh, Walker, you know, woke him up from the dead. And, I mean, he even scored a touchdown, man. So <laughs> He's alive and well. Denniston <laughs> Oliver Moore Jr. is alive. Yes. All right, so let's get to our fantasy MVPs and LVPs of the week. Uh, the MVP of this past week, Joe Burrow, again, balling, 481 through the air, three touchdowns, and he even added another rushing touchdown. This is the second week in a row for him to go over 450 yards, three throwing touchdowns, and a, and a rushing touchdown, man. So it, it looks like they listened to us a few weeks ago when, we, when – or they listened to themselves when they said they didn't know what the fuck was going on, how these defenses were playing them. Looks yeah. like they went to they went to the lab and figured it out or something. So yeah, they got in the lab and started dominating. Too. Yeah, yeah. Congrats to them for figuring that out. And again, uh, Chase scored two touchdowns in that game. So you know, it's beautiful things happening over there. So yeah, and and then obviously we have to go, you know, go to the LVP. The LVP, very very. Uh, very, very strange to see him on this list. Mark Andrews for the Ravens. Zero catches, zero yards. Uh, ran 90% routes, two targets, and he got one carry. And then he had a, uh, uh, I think he had, I think he, he ran an option pitch to, to Lamar Jackson. Bruh. That was the only time he touched the ball. That was the only time he touched the ball. Like, it was a very weird game. Like I said, that Ravens offense has kind of been off. Um, I, there's really no, no way to to kind of explain how this how this game was gonna go uh, or this game how that game went. So ninety uh, percent routes, route participation was elite. You know, obviously because he is an elite tight end, but no catches, no yards, just very strange. Um, but hopefully he can bounce back against Tampa Bay this week. Cap or no cap? Let's get into it. For people that don't know what, what cap means, it's basically another word for line. So if I say, if I ask Ike, hey, the Cowboys lost to Detroit last week. Ike would say that's cap. That is another word for lying. The Cowboys definitely won that game. So yeah, All smashed. Right. <laughs> Ike, I can confidently start Michael Pittman versus Washington with Sam Ellinger as QB. Cap or no cap? Yeah, I mean you're still starting Michael Pittman. He's still the number one guy there. Um, he's still number ten in targets in the league. You know he's fourth or he's he's sixth in receptions. And you know, nearly nearing a twenty five percent target share. So I think, the, I mean, I, I think it's going to be pretty simple. They're going to they're going to simplify things for Sam Ellinger. Uh, he's a little bit more mobile than obviously a lot more mobile than uh, than than Matt Ryan. Um, but he's gonna he's gonna get in there. and He's gonna feed his targets, right? He's gonna feed Michael Pittman. Paris Campbell has been coming along. I don't know how that if that's going to continue. Um, that's probably the only the only thing that I I kind of question. But the only thing you can't the, the main thing you can't question is is Michael Pittman. He's like he's out there all the time. Snap share is ninety seven percent, and his route participation is ninety seven percent as well. So uh, I, I think Michael Pittman will. I think he'll still be fine. If anything, yeah. if anything, this is an upgrade. Uh, this is an upgrade at quarterback because <laughs> Matt Ryan. You know, there's a lot of reports over the last several weeks that his arm is pretty much shot and he can't get the ball down the field, and he's actually playing with an injury. So, um, but. You know, the Colts did come out and say that he was going to be benched regardless. And so that's saying a lot about how Matt Ryan has played and how uneven he's been um, over this, this you know, the last several games. Tank season is here for the Colts. So, I mean, that we saw even seeing Shaq uh, Leonard. He hasn't been on the field at all. So might as well tank, you know, uh, Rick will probably not make it past the season. So, you know, getting a new regime, getting a new quarterback. All right. Next Question: Cap or no cap? I can cut AJ Dillon. Um, for me, I mean, I I think it's no cap, um, especially if you if you drafted him really really high. Uh, if you drafted him like in the fifth round, maybe the sixth round, thinking he had standalone value. I on me personally, I didn't really buy into that because 
you know, if you look at the backfield, Aaron Jones doesn't need any doesn't need anything to happen. Aaron Jones doesn't need anything to happen in order for him to be an RB one or, or, or a mid range RB two. Uh, but AJ Dillon needs something to happen to Aaron Jones in order to realize his true value. Um, people, you know, they bought into the reports of you know fifty catches from Jones and fifty catches from Dillon. Uh, it was great to hear that, but that's not how things have unfold, unfolded, and that's not how things are playing out. Um, because Aaron Rodgers doesn't really trust that many people outside of the guys that he's really, really comfortable with. And that's Aaron Jones and that's um, Alan Lazard and to a lesser extent or to, well, to another extent, uh, Randall Cobb and, and maybe Robert, Robert Tanya. You can, probably, you can sprinkle in some Robert Tanya in there too. But, you know, you, a, a guy that's, you know, getting you know, a handful of carries per game and not scoring touchdowns and not catching passes is not a guy that I can keep in my keep in my roster or, or continue to start. If you've been starting AJ Dillon the last several weeks, that's that's your bad. You're probably you probably have a losing record. Um, hoping that he'll fall into the end zone and that offense has not been good. So I, me personally, I'm cutting him. I would cut him, and there's probably other guys on the waiver wire that you should target. You know, like uh, you know, if if you have like a if you have a some. If you need some depth at receiver, there's like you know Wandell Robinson. There's guys like that that you can that you can pick up um, over AJ Dillon. Yeah, you can say, oh well, if Aaron Jones gets hurt, then AJ Dillon is a beneficiary, which is you know which is fine. But he's just going to be a roster clogger, and he's going to prevent you from making other moves that can actually win you games. So I'm cutting him. Yeah, his utilization rates have been dropping the last few weeks. So the writing's been on the wall that they. They're looking like they're, they're just leaning more on Aaron Jones, which they should have been doing since the beginning. From the, the beginning. Because they knew they didn't have the wide receiver. So, And the last one, I know you're going to like this one. Brandon Ayuk is a trade target, cap or no cap? Yeah, it's no cap. It's no cap. Uh, he's, he's looked really good the last couple of weeks. I think this last game, uh, blowout, when they got blown out by the Chiefs, he had, he had 83 yards and he had another good game, a two-touchdown game against the Falcons. So his usage and his targets are pretty much ramping up um, over the last couple of games. So I, I do like Brandon Ayuk, and this is this is a guy that we that we saw you know towards the, you know, that latter half of you know 2020 and the latter half of 2021 when he was off to that slow start, and it was in the doghouse for some strange reason. Um, but yeah, you know, and Brandon Ayuk is definitely a a solid trade target for me. Yeah, I like Brandon Ayuk too. He's getting a lot of these you know these these high premium targets uh, within the red zone. This last two weeks, I think he's had five red zone targets, which is second in the league to uh, Russell Gage with six. And then also these last two weeks, he's also had the fourth most fantasy points scored, receptions and targets. So for all wide receivers. So definitely somebody that's been been turning up the last two weeks. I wonder how it's going to look once they fully in- integrate, you know, C-Mac uh, with the other targets, because it looks like even Kittle's getting more involved and it looks like Debo's the one that's been suffering a little bit. So. And he has a hamstring injury. Yeah. And he, yep. And he just popped over the hamstring injury. Just it, knew it was too good to be true because, you know, Debo before last season had always been hurt. And now here he is with a hamstring injury. So yep. we'll see. Um, but it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo definitely likes Granny Ayuk. So, yep. All right. Talk to me nice. So, in this next segment, we're going to talk about some matchups uh, to attack and to, you know, to kind of be more mindful of uh, going into the week eight slate. First, we're going to get started with Derrick Henry continuing his dominance over the Texans. Um, the Texans' defense, had they've given up 135 rush yards per game, which is the most in the league. Uh, a rushing touchdown per game, which is all, also the most. And 31.9 fantasy points per game to the position, which is also the most. And obviously, this should not come to any surprise. They are 32nd in rush DVOA. So Derrick Henry versus the Texans, it seems like he's always destroying this team. Um, I think he's had, a, I think his last couple of 200-yard games came against Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'll have to look at it, the stats. Nope, you're, no, you're right. The last two, the last two times he played him in, in 2020, because he didn't play him in 2021, he yeah. had 220, I mean 250 and 212. Yeah, so he's, <laughs> he, he, he owns the Texans, and that's just going to continue this week, so... <laughs> Uh, what's another matchup that we can that we can that we can look at here? I think we both uh, saw your note when we were coming with the show sheet that we both look, saw this one as a as a plus matchup was Philly pass catchers versus Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh has allowed 
uh, within the last three weeks, the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers, almost 48 points per game, which is second to last, the second most receiving yards per game at 250 to wide receivers. And also they have allowed the most yards per reception at 17 per catch to wide receivers. So, and then also on top of that, they've allowed the most fantasy points to the slot wide receiver at almost 30 a game the last three weeks. So everybody, <laughs> anybody that catches passes, load them up. So yeah, give me, give me all the AJ, give me all the Smitty. Don't put them in your lines with no, with no regard, man. Yeah, no regard. Even hell, maybe even Dallas Goddard can get, get can get in on that, getting on getting on some of that action as well. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I, I like this I like this matchup a lot. Uh, I have I have a few shares of uh, Devonta Smith and some and some AJ Brown. So I'll be very very excited to see those points get racked up. That concludes the the matchups that we wanted to highlight. So on to the Thursday night preview. So we got the Ravens at the Bucks. You got an over under at forty five and a half right now. Baltimore. Favored by two, which is very interesting because the Bucks, especially with Brady, is usually favored at home. So they definitely think that the Ravens are gonna beat down the the Bucks versus this matchup. I I can understand that because of the way the Bucks have looked the last few weeks, especially the last two weeks. I mean, they've been god awful. They've only scored sixteen points per game, even though they're I think second in the league in pass over expected over expected, which is really wild honestly for you to only put up that many points when you're passing way over expectation um a lot of their drives have been ending in touchdowns at the third lowest rate in the league which is really bad and unheard of for for brady i think i even saw a tweet where his touchdown percentage touchdown rate is at like half of what he threw last year i think last year he threw a 5.3 i think this year is like 2.5 maybe so yeah. he only has eight touchdowns through six games or seven games jeez man uh, played so it's 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 not looking good and then you know that 16 points per game just you know for comparison they were averaging around 30 the first couple of years that he was in tampa bay 2020 and 2021 and so they're they they they're at they're at a crossroads right now and you know, Todd Bowles is, you know, making some comments and maybe alluding to some of the younger guys playing like Rashad White, maybe mm. getting more snaps. I know he got more snaps. I think he he had his highest snap share of the season um, this past week at uh, I think what was it like a 40 something percent target or not targets, 40 percent snaps, something along those lines. He was on the field quite a bit in that game. Um, and then he had more rushing yards than Leonard Fournette. And I know it was only 24. But that whole run game as a whole was not doing was not doing well. So we're gonna have to see some. We're gonna have to see something, some sort of juice, because the the receivers can't stay healthy. You know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I mean, that's basically all they have. All Brady has to throw to, and then you know, we've we've seen Kate Otten have some pretty good games as well. I think he has a six catch game, and then I think he caught another four four or five passes this last yeah. time. So he has another. So that's another weapon that Brady may may maybe lean on a little bit more um, than he's accustomed to. Uh, I know the the. You know the the Ravens' pass defense. They've been in lockdown mode the last three weeks, allowing the ninth fewest passing yards um, in the NFL. And so that's one thing that we have to kind of you know be mindful of and 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 see if 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 the Bucks can get on track. Yeah, man, it's definitely looking like scary hours for that offense. I mean, even the offensive line. You know, they've been dealing with injuries before the season started, and they just continue to struggle. We've seen they can't really run the ball. Brady's running for his life half the time, so it's, it's just it looks bad, man. It looks like he just should have stayed in retirement, man. Maybe his his personal life would be in a little little better place if he just stayed at home. So, yeah. on, on the Ravens side, it hasn't really looked that good either. Um, they've been struggling to pass the ball. I know they're looking at looking at their like game logs and see how their games go. They're still you know running the ball two times the amount that they're passing. You know, Bateman came back this week, luckily, but he's still I mean, they still didn't throw the ball that much. I think they threw the ball 21 times. You saw Andrews played majority of snaps, but he, he was, quote unquote, hurt and he didn't get any receptions. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, he didn't man, practice. He didn't practice until Friday, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there was so maybe I mean, maybe it was injury related, but I mean, if you play the majority of the snaps, I mean, that means that you're if you're out there all the time. then. You're you're pretty much good to go. Yeah, but I just I don't know. There's no other explanation. <laughs> really. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what to put my hand. I don't know where to where 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 to go with that one. 
don't know, man. I don't know what to think of this game. Yeah, honestly. And, then, and then Lamar Jackson, I mean, you know, those last three games, 56, 56% completion percentage, and he was 24th in PFF grade. So, and he's only had three touchdowns in the last four games. So, uh, something's got to give this. You know, there's two, there's two offenses you know, basically at a crossroads and basically been struggling over the last several weeks. So, this is, you know, this is kind of a put up or shut up game for both of these teams. And yeah, maybe maybe this will be one of the better uh, Thursday night games that we've had. Although, you know, the in the last one, a lot of points, a yeah, lot of points, a lot of excitement, a lot of points, which is something that was hard to come by. Yeah. Hard to come by. <laughs> up until that point. Up until that point. Sure, you know, <laughs> as soon as we saw a, a, a deep ball touchdown over the, you know, the first possession, I was like, oh, shit. OK, yeah. we're going to get some points tonight. Yeah, get some points tonight. Um, but yeah, so. Obviously, you know, your main guys, you don't necessarily have to, you don't need us to tell you to start all these guys. But there's Rashad Bateman just popped up on the injury report today with the foot injury. It might be the same foot that he was that was bothering him prior to uh, week seven, him returning. So that's something to keep an eye on. We'll see how practice goes tomorrow. But, yeah, you know, we there's there's a lot to a lot to unpack with this game. But hopefully it turns into a good one. Yeah, let's hope, man. So from Thursday to Sunday and Monday, we're going to touch on each of the Sunday and Monday games. We're just going to talk about you know some situations and some games that kind of intrigue us, um, you know, from a from a narrative or from a matchup perspective um, that we didn't necessarily cover um, in the earlier segments. Um, so the first one we want to look at is the Las Vegas Raiders versus the, the Saints. Um, the over under is is at forty nine. Uh, what is Vegas favored by? Vegas is favored by two, two. on the yeah. road. Two, yeah, two point road favorites. Um, and the main question we have here is: Is Josh Jacobs going to keep this shit rolling? Because, like we talked about earlier, last three games over 144 plus yards rushing, or 140 yards rushing. Um, and then you know the 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 Saints, they're middle of the pack at defending the run, so they're not necessarily they're not great, but they're not terrible either. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see if Jacobs and they'll continue to, to lean on him. Are we going to see Darren Waller back? He's been battling injuries. This is the second consecutive year we haven't really seen um, a dominant game from Darren Waller at you know at, so far this season. And then Michael Thomas is he close to a return? What's going on? Is it his toe? Is it his ankle? What's what's what gives here? Um, I think he's missed three straight games now, so that's starting to be become more of a concern that than we would than we would have hoped. Uh, early in the season, he seemed like he was off to a uh, pretty a pretty good start and looking like vintage Michael Thomas. And then you know he got hurt again, toe injury. So uh, and then and then Alvin Kamara, he's been getting a lot of volume, a lot of opportunity, but has not scored a touchdown yet. So can he get the can he get that first touchdown? Las Vegas is ranked twenty fourth versus running the running back position in fantasy. Maybe this is the maybe this is the week they are in the dome. Hopefully he does not get vultured by Taysom Hill again. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. We got Miami versus Detroit over under a 51 and a half. Um, you know, for this for this matchup, we're just trying to see Ty Tyreek and Waddle versus this Detroit defense who's 32nd in scoring. Uh, I know they're middle of the road in terms of allowing fantasy points to the wide receiver position, but you know, when you have Tyreek and, and Hill, Tyreek and Waddle on the field, they they tend to, to break slates and and break defenses. So be interesting to see how Detroit defends them. On the other side, are we going to see Swift? Is he returning after you know this long layoff with his ankle and shoulder or whatever it is that's going on with them? Um, we should expect to see Amara back. Um, Goff has been terrible the last two games. He's averaging 5.2 fantasy points per game versus 23 in the first four games. So maybe hopefully he gets all his weapons back and you know finds finds that early of the season success. Yeah. And it um I'm not expecting too much from Miami's run run game because y'all don't know who. I mean, it looks like they favored they favored uh, Mostert, but it it's looked Mostert. like it kind of yeah. But I I know when we watched them versus Pittsburgh, we did see a little bit of of Emmons get sprinkled in there, but it looks like Mostert is the guy uh, for tight ends. Gasicki looks like he's waking up just a little bit, but I'm still not really betting on that. And you no, know, Hawkinson might get traded. Yeah, yeah, that's true because he's on the contract. Contract year. Um, and then Hawkinson, you know, Hawkinson was 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 decent versus Dallas just because they didn't have nobody else to throw to once uh Amaral left the game. So 
Yeah, and then the next the next matchups uh, to to kind of close out the segment, uh, we t- Green Bay Green Bay Buffalo Buffalo they're a ten and a half point favorite at home on Sunday Night Football. This is the first time that Aaron Rodgers has been a double digit underdog in his career, and he's played a lot of football. And this is the first time he's been an under- uh, so this tells you how far he's fallen and how much how little Vegas thinks of the Green Bay Packers right now compared to the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are far and away the best team in the league. They're top five in rut in, in offense and defensive DVOA. So that's a, a predictive metric that basically shows how good you are on a per play basis. And so, um, but just kind of going back to a rod, I mean, he called out basically calling out his teammates on the Pat McAfee show, uh, you know, just saying, you know, they're making a lot of mental errors and, you know, there's playing time going to be cut for some players that shouldn't be on the field and things of that nature. And then he was asked about his performance. And then he said that his quarterback's coach said that he basically graded him the highest um, that, he, that he had in any single game that he, of, of this year, which makes absolutely no sense. If Bullshit. You watch game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, yeah, if, if you actually watch the game, uh, he, he wasn't that great. And so um, he he did have he he did make a good play um, to to kind of improvise and throw that touchdown pass to Aaron Jones, so that was a good play. But outside of that, I mean, you know, that offense is not moving the way the way it should. And then we don't really need to say anything about the Bills because again, they're far and away the best team in the league, and they're well, they're they're well rested off the bye. So any kind of nicks and bruises that they had, they're able to heal up and 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 get ready to rock on Sunday night on Halloween. I think uh, the day before Halloween. So you're starting. Aaron Jones, I guess you start Aaron Rodgers because you because they're going to be down by so much. No, you you are not. No, you can't start him. You can't start Aaron Rodgers. Why you don't you start think Aaron, so? Fantasy. No. Yeah. So so here's my the only reason why if you're in a crunch of you and you and Dan, that's your Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones or Aaron Rodgers, who are you starting? Ooh. The, the, it's it's Dan, not a, Daniel it's, Jones. Yeah, yeah you're, you're starting. Right. Okay, you're not starting. <laughs> him the only the only the only thing I was going to say is because they're if. If I think they're what's gonna happen, they're gonna be down so much that he's gonna have to throw the ball over the place. Who's he gonna but, throw to? Yeah, Alan Lazard's hurt. I, yeah, yeah, you're right. Randall Cobb yeah. is hurt. Christian Watson is out with a hamstring. Yeah. Uh Romeo Dubs is he's on the field a lot, but I mean he's probably gonna be he's I don't know. I don't know how effective he's gonna be. That's yeah. a that's a situation that I'm avoiding at all costs outside of Aaron Jones. Because yeah, you're right. You're if, right. If they're gonna lean if <laughs> If they're gonna do anything on offense, it has to it has to start and end with Aaron Jones. And if it doesn't yeah. They're they're even more trouble than they already yeah. are. Yeah, and they won't be able to run the ball because Buffalo has a top five run defense. Using so. the passing game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. All right, and the last game we want to talk about is the Monday night game: Cincinnati versus Cleveland divisional matchup. Cincinnati is favored on the road by minus three and a half, so they definitely don't think much of Cleveland. Uh, since his offense has been rolling, like we said at the beginning of the show, the last two weeks they figured. They figured out the defense and, you know, Burroughs throw for, what, 900-plus yards and six touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns the last two games. So I expect us to keep going. Cleveland's defense has not been good. Denzel Ward missed this last game, I believe. Greedy, Greedy Williams is on the trade block. Um, you know, just fire up all your, all, your, uh, all your Cincy pass catchers. They even – I think Cleveland, I think they're – bottom of the league or towards the bottom of the league in terms of even guarding the slot wide receiver. So, I mean, you can start everybody, man, with, with confidence, honestly. Yeah, I'm just and laughing it, at how silly those Joe Burrow stats are. <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, he, he had he had a lot of those moments last year where he just goes on these absolute tears, uh, you know, 400 yards and three touchdowns. I think he's only, he's, he only played a handful of games, and I think he has like three or four such games with 400 plus yards and three touchdowns. And he's yeah, I. Yeah, he's he's got elite weapons. Yeah, but man, like, jeez, it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. cra- it's crazy, man. And then on the Cleveland slide, uh, Hunt might be traded. He's on a contract. We got Brissett that hasn't really been that good last couple of weeks. We just talked about Nujoku being hurt, so that's one one target that he's he's really leaned on. That's not going to be there, so they're really going to have to lean on Chubb and Cooper. Uh, they can sprinkle a little bit of Harrison Bryant, but if you're looking to start anybody on the Cleveland side, I'll be looking at Chubb and Cooper. Uh, I know we've seen DPJ, Peoples Jones, you know, look good here and there, but I don't think I would start him in any lines unless you, unless you're desperate, honestly. So 
Yeah. Oh, so back. So just real quick, just kind of circling back to Joe Burrow. So the, yeah, he has five such games since 2020, basically his rookie year. He did. He did it against Cleveland in 2020. Ooh. 406 yards and three touchdowns. And then obviously in 2021, he did it against Baltimore twice. So the first game against Baltimore, 416 yards, three touchdowns. Second game, 525 and four touchdowns. And then he did it against Kansas City, 446 yards and four touchdowns. And then uh, this past Sunday, 481 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> All red. so Cleveland on barbecue chicken alert. They are on barbecue chicken alert. We probably should have put them in the matchup column. <laughs> you probably and should. Talk, and then talk to the and then talk to me nice sex. We probably should have done that. But I mean, I mean, that's I know at the end of the show we usually talk about bold predictions. So let's real quick talk about that. Last week we both smashed our bold our bold prediction. I said Chase Jamar Chase would finish a wide receiver one again. And what did he do? Wide receiver one again, man. And then, yeah. and then Ike, I know you talked about Aaron Jones, and sure enough, he he finished top five with top his five. with his performance, especially with that that catch at the uh, the getting into the end zone was a good one. I know that definitely propelled him. He only had twenty three yards. Spot. He only had twenty three yards rushing, but he had like ten targets, nine catches. Yeah. So yeah, he 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 smashed. And hell, like after the early early slate of games, he was the RB one until mm-hmm. Austin Eckler played, until Josh yep. Jacobs played, yep. until yep. Kenneth Walker played. So. Yeah, man. Had it not been for those guys going ape shit, he probably would have been the overall RB one. And so yeah, you're right. Um, but so going on to our you know week eight ball predictions, uh, my ball prediction was, you know, I had I had this as a ball prediction uh, you know several weeks ago, but this guy didn't play. Um, he was out due to an injury. But it's it's more so the fact that it's something that just needs to happen, especially after the ass whooping they took uh, this Sunday. Where they refused to pass the ball, even though they were down double digits the entire game. But I'm just gonna go go out on a limb and say that Kyle Pitts is gonna finish as the top five tight end. Ooh. I think I think this is I think this is the week that things turn around for that passing offense. This was a kick in the nuts and a kick in the teeth for that for that team, saying, "Hey, look, we do have." Guys that we draft that we drafted in the top eight over the last couple of years, two pass catchers that we drafted in the top eight over the past couple of years, and we're just not using them, and we should be using them. We invested a lot of draft capital in them, and we're not going to sit sit back and just barely target them. So I think they'll if they at least double their pass attempts against Carolina this week. So Mariota had 13 passes. Let's say he goes for like 26 passes, 27, 28 passes. That's a little bit more pass volume to go around, and that's enough for Kyle Pitts to finish inside the top five of tight end. So um, he's look when he's when he's running routes, uh, you know, he's getting targeted at a high clip. I think he had seven targets this past week, so he still has a high, relatively high target share. But um, he's you know obviously not producing, not producing like he should, and that that comes with the volume. So I think I believe more volume should come this week. So Kyle Pitts finishes at the top five tight end. Okay, I, li- I like it's, that. It's just a hunch. It's just a hunch. It's a gut feeling. It's something that I'm manifesting and I'm trying to put out into the universe <laughs> because we all needed all of our fin- all of us fantasy managers. We all we need it. We need this to happen. We need this to just to finally unlock Kyle Pitts together. We can do this. And you and you would have thought it would have happened because they were in a. No, a negative game script. It was the perfect, perfect time for it to happen last week. And he and still and, and, and they still pounded the rock. They still wanted to establish it. So God, good, it good so luck. Good luck with that bold prediction. But I yeah. do like I do like it. Uh for me, I don't have one yet, but I'll make sure that we'll be able to post it. I'm sure I'll come up with a good one. So look out for it on the official Twitter handle for that bold prediction to come out. So no, we're at the end of the show. Another good one. Ike, you got anything before we get up out of here? Yeah. Um, you know, spend that fab. If you got if you sit in a lot of fab, spend it because it's the time to do it. Injuries, bye weeks, all the, the whole nine happening same time. Uh, you know, try to try to, you know, you know, try to try to turn out these rosters and, and get and get these wins. You know, we're at the halfway point. We're starting to see teams separate themselves from each other in, in leagues. Uh, if you're three and four, two and five, your margin for error is very, very slim. If you're one and six, forget about it. You're done. You're cooked. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, your four and three, five and two teams, yeah, I mean, you're, you're sitting in a good spot. You may need another move to kind of get you over the hump or get you over the top. So, yeah, there's still there's still a lot of work to be done. We still got another whole half of the season left. So, uh, yeah, just good luck to you guys. Yeah, man. I know two of the redraft leagues we're in. I'm two and five on both of those. So, and one of them, and what, and it, yeah, I do hate to say, in one of the leagues, one of the leagues is like, you look at the roster, you're like, how the hell are you losing? But I keep running into teams that are scoring top two for that week. So, I posted yeah. one today on Twitter. I was yeah, you did. One, I saw that one. one. The, hey, that roster is stacked, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And Bro, you're one in six. One in six. <laughs> I'm one in six with though. This is the roster I'm one in six on. And you guys that are listening, y'all probably clown me when I get in the group chat, but whatever. So Jalen Hurts, quarterback, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, T. Higgins, Amon Ross St. Brown, tight end, Gerald Everett. And then I got Ramondre Stevenson as one flex. And then George Pickens. As my as one of my other flex, and then on bench I have Corlin Sutton. Obviously, things have kind of turned a little bit because of uh, the Russell Wilson trade. Or not Russell Wilson trade. Well, the Russell Wilson um, basically, you know, fleecing fleecing uh, fleecing the Broncos into believing that he's good and he hasn't been good, and that's making Cortland suffer. Cortland Sutton suffer a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's basically the that's that's the that's the starting roster, man. And you know, it's that's not a one in sixteen, but it's just, it's just not. No. So, uh, but yeah, but that that's just that's just fantasy. Um, I, I am the third highest scoring team in that league, mm. but most points against. So yeah. that's usually that usually does it. Right? Usually does it. It usually does it. So yeah, yeah, it does, man. Even the lead down, man, down the, with the roster I have, where I have J- I have Jalen Hurts as my starting quarterback. I have Aaron Jones and 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 Derrick Henry as my my running backs. Um, <sighs> Fourth highest scoring team and the second highest scored on. So <laughs> equals for a formula to not win a lot of games. So <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes. So uh, again, appreciate y'all listening to us. You know, follow us on our official Twitter at Off the Line FF. Where we'll be dropping our you know our prize picks plays, our bold predictions, things of that nature. You can follow me at Fantasy Genes. That's G E N E S, and Ike at under just underscore Ico nine. I think we're pretty funny follow. So do that. We drop <laughs> fantasy stats for y'all. So on that note, we appreciate y'all listening to us and y'all be safe. Get those wins. Attack that waiver wire. Let's 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 try to make our push to the playoffs. So y'all be safe. Peace out. <laughs>